Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Well, good morning on this Valentine's Day. Hope that you uh, have all of your flowers and cards and gifts and white chocolate in order. Hope all the white chocolate strawberries covered in white chocolate accompanied by white chocolate squares. All you white chocolate lovers are out there. See, I can talk about white chocolate. Let's see if State Representative Rudy Veet enjoys white chocolate in the 59th District. Rudy, welcome to the program. How you doing? Great. Glad to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Are you, are you a white milk or dark chocolate or none of the above guy? Well, I thought I was a good old German-American. I think we had cho- uh, dark chocolate. There you go. All right. I I, I have I have a si- uh, simple question. I heard you talking about Valentine's Day. Yeah. You ought to be a seasoned expert for now. by now with your age now. So what is the right way to do Valentine's Day? <laughs> seasoned expert, huh? Well, I... I think he was calling you old, actually. I may, as Arnold Schwarzenegger said in the last Terminator movie, I may be old, but I'm not obsolete. Um, so I don't know. We just, my wife just likes a classic of a dozen roses. That's a, she likes that. So that's what we do. I do roses and a, a nice card. I write something in a card. If I'm lucky, if I can get them from the candy factory, get some chocolate covered strawberries. Now, how about you, Rudy? Oh, I try to make every day in her life a Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, listen to this. Oh. He's a politician. Oh, my God. You know what? I took that hook, line, and sinker, didn't I? I'm telling you. Hey, well, I see that you're doing something on compensating jurors differently before we get into some heavy-duty stuff. You've sponsored a bill on that. What's that all about? I We had dinner last night with uh, someone who's on a, a, a friend of ours who's she's, she's on a, some federal jury this time. But Do you uh, ever eat dinner at home, Randy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, and so what's this about reimbursement for jurors? Really? Well, that's just part of a large bill that we bought, uh, heard in house yesterday. And basically it just, uh, jurors now get paid maybe six, eight dollars a day. And if they're there for a long period, that's a real burden and simply gives the county commissioners the authority to uh, actually not pay them anything for the first two days or pay them six, eight dollars the first two days. But after, after three days, they pay them like fifty dollars a day. Which isn't that much, but it still helps some, and that actually saves the county money and the jurors like it. They're willing to give up a little bit. When you ask some of these jurors to give up two, three, or four weeks for a trial, uh, it's hard to keep their mind on what's being heard in the courtroom when they got major things going on in their life. No, yeah, it sounds like a plan to me. I mean, I don't know when we're given cell phones and debit cards and hotel rooms and free meals to illegals. You think jurors could at least get made kept a little closer to whole? That well, makes sense. Yeah. It's another another attempt to give our county commissioners not keeping it local more authority. Yeah. Okay. Keep it local. I like that theme. John? Rudy, Rudy, talk to us about something you, you've you been uh, at the very forefront of here in this, especially, again, now that we're in an election year, election season. For folks out there who may not even be aware that Missouri no longer has a presidential preference primary, and you're opposed to that whole idea of kicking it to the, kicking it to the curb. Well, I've had more complaints on that recently than I've probably had on anything. People are upset when they find out that realistically they don't have any input in the primary they they don't go to the caucus they don't feel comfortable in the caucus uh, i've been around caucuses and i know how they're run uh, my parents actually would vote at every election i guarantee you if i would have taken them to a caucus 
they would not have went. And if they went, they wouldn't have felt felt comfortable. And and uh, it's just kind of strange. I know it wasn't binding, but you know, what is the right to vote if you don't have the people's input on who goes on a ballot? I think there are going to be a lot of people who are confused and frustrated and and everything else about the um, caucus system. And I know the um, Republican Party is out there trying to educate people. And I think they're even doing some work. They've done some workshops locally. They're doing some education this weekend at Lincoln Days. But I know it's a a topic of discussion that I hear a lot. Now, um, recently, uh, we... um, you heard the state of the judiciary uh, from uh, Chief Justice Mary Rhodes Russell. Um, you know, being a lawyer, and I know you're involved in a lot of um, of the legislation that touches on lawyers and the judiciary. What did you make of her talk, and where are we headed um, as far as the Missouri judiciary goes? I think she did a wonderful talk, but she's just a wonderful person. As a side note, like last year, she went with me to Blair Oaks to put on a, a seminar for several classes where she has a PowerPoint and everything, just educating uh, high school kids on civics and the role of judiciary. Uh, but again, she's very open that she's, you know, she's not wanting to walk on the turf of the legislature, and, and, but she also understands her role as a, as a third branch of government. And again, she's going through all the counties, uh, visiting all the counties. And that means she cares about the, the smaller people and what makes something work. And that's what we need more of. People that are go out to the people that are running the, the county clerks and, that, and see what the problems are. Get down to the basics and, and, and not just set up on some crow's nest looking down on everybody. She's a very active in the community and very active in uh, uh, preserving the integrity of judiciary. It's truly in her heart. And she, of course, is well-known in Jefferson City, as you know, Representative Senior at Madison's and uh, other restaurants, too. So you see her out and about uh, as well. Uh, I know the governor delivered his State of the State address about you know several weeks ago. It was on, on the 24th of January. In four-year district, the most important thing, at least among the top, is state employee pay. You represent literally thousands of state employees. You were the sitting in a couple rows in front of the governor. He noted his administration has raised state employee pay by more than 20% since he took office. They got an 8% pay raise, 8.7% last February. Governor's proposing 3.2% this year. Representative, are you optimistic, and is that enough? Well, I'm optimistic that we hopefully will get more. That actually, with inflation as it, as it is, it's probably a step backwards for a lot of them. And we can't get back in the regressive state. We have to have to really try to get the uh, salaries competitive so we can maintain and keep good good employees. I mean, in a lot of areas, we shouldn't be a training ground. I mean, we're the apprenticeship for some of the areas in the equipment operations now where they get their training, they can work here a while and go on. Our engineers, accountants, and, and just, you know, again, every office, seniority and experience means a lot. We need to keep those people. Our guest is Rudy Veets, and he is, of course, a state representative from the area. Uh, wait a minute, everyone's... Stephanie has a point. District 59, uh, and down in uh, hometown is Wardsville, down in Cole County. Um, Rudy, I have to ask you, as uh, the Corrections and Public Institutions uh, Chair, um, there's been a lot of talk about why we don't keep people incarcerated that are career criminals. I mean, it just it's something that... Re- it's a recurrent theme on the program here. Brian or John will report on a criminal who... I don't know, us, us common lay folk look at it and say, yeah, this, this seems just like a bad dude. Why isn't this guy or gal locked up? And I guess one of the answers we've heard over the years is there's not enough space. You know, they, they got, you bring one in the front door, they got to go out the back door. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, 
you're you're never going to buy it 100 percent you're not even on pre-trial release you can't lock them up forever but the interesting yesterday i had two of them in my office one of them had 16 years been in prison the other one was i think 22 years in prison and they're out now the one who was out for two years had paid uh, $14,000 in taxes this year or last year. And the other one had uh, had a full-time job now making an excess of 50000 a year. And they went through the programming at, uh, at uh, Algoa where they learned how to do programming. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can't learn on the Internet, but they learn and they get out. And, they're re- you know, these people are working hard to become back assets of society. Uh, both of them, if they're in that long, had, had committed a very serious crime when they were 16 years of age. So, you know, we just can't lock everybody up forever. And so there's going to be a certain percentage of them that are going to not do good. But mm-hmm. we got to keep stressing on, you know, let's get these people out, but get them out with, you know, a driver's license or at least a, a an ID card, a social security card so they can get a job and motivate them to not go back into the same environment. If all we do is lock them up for a period and put them right back in the same environment, uh, odds are you're not going to have a very high success rate. I, I want you for a minute to take us behind the scenes in the House. What, you know, when you're just talking to other members of the House, what the talk is about the Senate. And I think, you know, from, I, I try to think of it from a personal level. I mean, the House is not a full-time paying job. So many people who are there are away from their families, away from their full-time work, sacrificing a lot, sacrifice a lot to get elected, and they have priorities. And so to come to work every day to try to get things passed, to pass things through the House, and to know potentially that they're you know you're not going to get anything done in the senate uh you know what are those conversations with your colleagues in the house and are is there any movement by members of the house to try to talk some sense into the senate well probably the best thing sometimes it's best to say nothing at all but i will anyway (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a nice succinct answer okay uh moving along representative rudy now do you want to expand on that, well, or was well, that it? It is frustrating. I mean, <laughs> how every everyone up there came with a reason, and they are taking away from their uh, their lives and family, and and very few of them are there for the help, for the money or the insurance, and just to come up there and, and stand around, and it is highly frustrating. I mean, when you have people who have ran businesses and that and come up there and running these roadblocks, uh, they're really not encouraged to come back and stick around. And there's a discussion amongst them. Why am I here? Mm. Uh, but we try to do what we can in the house. And yeah. and we, but when the IP comes over the house, who knows what's going to happen there? It'll be interesting. And uh, I think a lot of us would like to see something done to to stiffen that. I, I think by all measures, a way too easy process for things that probably should be left in the legislative, you know, uh, courtyard to to go into the constitution i mean it just seems like these things get well you look at the marijuana legislation you know that that it's that no doubt that's going to need to be tweaked somehow or the marijuana amendment but how are you going to do that so it, it, more than when an I, act of congress when i first went up there my, it was one of my main concerns about ip we ought to do something i mean a constitution is designed to protect a minority from a majority and if a majority can change it with a simple majority you you have no constitution with any real basis be changed out of whim and then i was told by people substantially higher in the food chain than me that we'd never get it done because of lobbyists but we should have done something before right now it's going to be challenging just because of the political environment we're in and if we don't if we put it put the initiative petition out to the voted people and it fails 
that may mean you may not get another bite of that apple and something does need to be done. Your former colleague on the House side who's now in the Senate, Travis Fitzwater, floating his bill again that would uh, cut the number of state representatives by about 60. In a company town like Jefferson City, as we preload the question, Rudy, good idea, bad idea, what's your take? I don't think that the number of legislatures is, is, is too high up there. It basically, this means we've got to work together. Uh, and, and, you know, you want the House is a variety of opinions and ideas. And like you take, for instance, the one of the reps who sets by me is a veterinarian. I don't know what all they need, what goes on in their world. Others are plumbers, some are welders, some are lawyers, some are doctors. You know, they all come from a variety of backgrounds and they all bring a certain amount of knowledge. Uh, I don't see that limiting the amount of knowledge up there, a number of uh, representatives would probably do anything but uh, increase the, uh, the, the burden placed already upon our lobbyists to keep everybody informed. All right. Uh, before we let you go, Rudy, now your biography on the uh, house.mo.gov site states that you attend church at St. Stanislaus and you're a member of the St. Thomas Knights of Columbus. So are you going to share with us on this Ash Wednesday what you might be giving up or, or not for Lent? Well, hopefully, normally on Ash Wednesday, Monsignor Quickie gives ashes out in the back of, of the chambers. So that's got to be on my agenda yet to get done because I didn't get that done this morning. And uh, and what I'm giving up, I really, uh, yeah. I, hey, I'm not certain. I, maybe, I, I try to live the right life every day, so what can I give up? And we know that you do. And uh, maybe you can <laughs> lobby some of your Catholic uh, friends in the Senate over there to give up uh, dissension for Lent. How'd that sound? <laughs> well, they, maybe they'll come over and listen to follow, uh, Monsignor Quickie's prayer every morning. Ah, <laughs> there you go. All right. Rudy, thanks very, very much. Have a nice Valentine's Day. Thank you. All right. There he is, Rudy Veet. Coming up, what's hot with Hannah in just a few? Stay there. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Some of the show, check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. It's that time of the morning when we find out what's hot with producer Hannah. What's hot, Hannah? And, you know, of course, sorry. Of course, I had to do something Valentine's Day inspired. Of course. Love inspired. Of course. Uh, my first Valentine's Day as a married woman, but this one involves dating. And I guess if you're a single listening to this right now, you could maybe utilize this in your love life. And it might actually be a good budgeting tip. Hmm. This story is from last year, but I heard Gordon Deal this morning talking about <laughs> it um, on the radio station on the way into work. And this woman estimates that she saved a little over $15,000 in a year by going on six dates a week yes six dates and a basically week. getting six meals a week <laughs> paid for <laughs> by the fine gentleman that she was going on dates with yeah. um and she's actually like working in the finance sect now which is kind of funny she's like in sales um but yeah between 2016 and 2018 she tried to go on six dates a week She's estimating that she saved about $150 a week on groceries, and wow. that added up to about $15,000. So 
Isn't that a high anxiety investment though to get a free meal? I mean, and a boring one because I. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of been uh, like going around lately and I have a single sister who dates a lot and she's like, the least you could do is ask me a question about myself. Like she <laughs> says they go on so many dates and they sit there and the guy will just talk, 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 talk. And it's like, you can't ask me one question. Where's about... that Toby Keith song now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? I would think it would be the other. No, I better be careful. Here. Yeah, uh, you better that's be. It. That's interesting. Why wouldn't the guy be more considerate and think about asking a question to learn about his? This might be one reason why those guys are single. <laughs> <laughs> but Hannah, that is like the level of who was the rapper? Was it Cardi B or Nicki Minaj that said like, yeah, I rob guys like I oh, I'm <laughs> not sure there was one of them. They were bragging about. Yeah, I, I you know, guys are stupid and I I go to their house and then I rob them and I don't feel bad about it. And they talked about what? their past. Yeah. Well, what wow. this kind of feels John, like robbing. What's crazy is this lady was almost making six figures. She's making $95,000 a year and still felt like she needed to save on some grocery expenses. So, it, I mean, but it's nice to know that there are men out there who are still paying for meals on dates. Oh yeah, my now husband used to get mad when I would like sneakily pay for dates. Really? He went to the bathroom one time and I paid the check. Ooh. And he was like, why did you do that? Yeah, I think that would... I, I, do, I wouldn't dig that. No, I don't know. How about you, John? Fine with me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> John, you're selling us out, dude. You're selling us out. Oh. He's just saying what all the dudes are thinking. <laughs> it's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We'll be back in a few. Listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri from anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. I'm talking There you go, it's Valentine's Day. Hannah's playing a bunch of the Valentine's cuts from across the genres. That's who? Oh, sheesh, Randy. I even know this one. Who is it? I don't know. It's Randy Travis. That's Randy Travis? The Randy Travis. Is that the forever and forever amen? Yeah, one of Chris Bell's favorites. Yeah. One of our listeners said that was their first dance song. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. No, I know. I've heard that. I just, I don't know them by name. I just recognize the melodies. Oh, so. I've heard it. When I told you this yesterday about a song that you were giving me grief over, I was uncultured and unwise. I didn't say you were uncultured. I just said we were young. It, it was assumed. <laughs> but this, this morning, when I know a Randy Travis song, yeah. you use the same excuse I used yesterday. I'm, I'm going to ask John to be... Welcome back to Wake Up in Missouri. <laughs> I'm going to ask John to be the judge Good here. morning. John, is it fair to say that Randy Tobler, who previously couldn't tell you... I, couldn't, I could maybe spell Taylor Swift's name. I knew nothing else about Taylor Swift. Have I, in a sailboat kind of a way, have I tacked toward the Taylor direction as an homage to the ladies on the program and the listeners who are all gaga over Taylor Swift. I mean, and haven't I shown great um, resiliency and flexibility and curiosity? Is it any, shouldn't I expect the same maybe from producer Hannah to maybe come this way towards the great American songbook, Sinatra? It depends. Are you buying her dinner? <laughs> 
There you go. It is Valentine's Day. Okay. One of our friends asked if uh, her dates were going to be issuing 1099s for all. all okay, not income. not my dates, just to clarify. No. Not my dates. The woman who went out to eat on someone else's dime six nights a week. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have to ask you, do, do, the, do, the, do the personalities on this program who identify as female... Are they sounding a bit transactional about the romantic experience? It's tr- it's not a transactional experience. It's a oh, it it's an much. ethereal. It's a almost a nearly spiritual experience. I see the the <laughs> guy paying for the date as transactional, and if you think about it, like I mean, men have certain expectations, right? So you know, I have a fifty dollar manicure, I have a hundred and fifty dollar haircut. I you know, I spend money on. Yeah. toenails waxing yeah. you know well, all let's these talk different with things the waxing clothing thing, really. you know all these things and it's like the least you can i mean the dinner is a, a fraction of the price that i paid to get ready uh to be you know uh for the know, date I, and i don't i so yeah i do i think i'm just picturing you the, you like roll out of the shower and put on like a you know dirty I'm, tennis shoes i'm or something. picturing you as a what do you do <laughs> what do you arrive at the restaurant with an abacus i mean <laughs> No, but I think it's like the least you could do, honestly. I don't know. I just, just pay for my dinner if I have gone to all of the work. To, to be there. objectified? <laughs> no, but I think if you don't, yeah. you know, I think it's expected. I think if you showed up looking like a slob, the man would be like, well, he, she didn't even get ready for this date. Yeah, a lot of men these days are spending as much time on that beautification stuff, looking like peacocks. Right. Well, Doing the I manscaping really, thing. Yeah, yeah. And some skin care. A lot of men would be better off if they would do a little bit of skin care. What are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> She's staring at my forehead here, John. I don't know. I know I got, I got a little solar damage there. I, a lot of time fishing without wearing a cap. I know it happens. Randy, okay. I have heard you talk about <laughs> your, quote, sun damage way more than anyone else in this room has. Well, I worry about solar damage because it can not only affect your skin, but it, uh, the, the, it can affect your retina, if your lens in your eyes, you know, cataracts earlier. But now it's coming back because yeah. a couple of years ago I paid an, uh, hundreds of dollars to have all of the sun damage burned, fried off my face with a laser. You did. So I have, yeah, very clear skin. And yeah, now Hannah's generation is drawing freckles back on and I already burned all the freckles off my face wait a minute wait a minute drawing freckles back on hello mine are natural what i'm very fair scary why would you draw a freckle on what is this seen as like useful youthful and cute like little freckles so they make actual freckle pins and you draw them on well you look like opie (laughs) some people some people (laughs) even will do like you know permanent tattoos like freckles some women eyebrows they tattoo their eyebrows on yeah Yeah. some folks do that for tattoos or i've also seen people do the like the henna dye Mm -hmm. you do that with freckles and then it lasts a few weeks that's what the little kids get right they can get the little little fake tattoo right hannah henna henna i mean it's a not hannah it's it's an indian like cultural thing but while we're on it it's a good reminder on you it will only last a few weeks (laughs) but it's a good reminder if you were at all older than hannah barely that you should be getting regular skin checks it's true for sure well as someone who is so fair-skinned it's something i'm always you know cognizant of fair-skinned pure of heart and rebecca of sunnybrook farms that's our producer hannah you know what makes me mad though what okay what makes little little soapbox there's a few things that make you mad (laughs) just a few when I get sunburnt, okay, yeah. and everyone is always telling me, oh, you should have worn sunscreen. Don't you think I tried that? 
Okay. <laughs> I reapplied several times and I still got burnt to a crisp. It, speaking of you should have done this, is this something that guys are especially good at? One of my major foibles on this Valentine's Day, I have to always remind myself, in the spirit of trying to not repeat a problem or you know an issue that could have been avoided, sometimes I will go down the wrong path of like if something my wife does something that maybe could have been avoided if you did different. I guess. So well, you tried to do and I told you so. Or well, did you think about this? <laughs> nope. And that never seems to work out. But it's meant in the right spirit because I don't want it to happen again. Because usually it's it's an action or an inaction that's resulted in misery. There's a lot of. Uh, a wealth of information around this and typically when women are explaining their issues they don't want you to solve it for them they just want you to listen and so sometimes you can be upfront in the beginning and say are you looking for me to help you with the solution are you wanting me to just listen and most of the time okay, it would now, be the latter okay now you just you just played for me a video on your social media <laughs> by an influencer about a gal looking into the camera and saying, hey, if if you take me on a date and the vibe isn't good, at least you can do 50% of the work by carrying the load, which means talk more. I thought we were just supposed to sit there and go, oh, tell me more. I, I Oh, I'm interested. Tell me more. I think on a date when you're getting to know each other, that's I'm different listening. than being in a relationship. Oh, okay. I, like, know. I know. Sometimes we talk about it in the, in the form of um, buckets. And so a lot of times, you know, my bucket is just completely overflowing right <laughs> that's just how it is and so sometimes yeah. i just need to let that bucket overflow yeah. and get back to a level and i don't okay. need any solutions or whatever i just need to offload some of and that. this is where the you just need to understand comes in i just just i want you to understand just let i've me, tried that i've tried hey i understand and she says well now you're being gratuitous like, yeah well, well what that the sounds, hell you're supposed to what well, you can't hey. get it right Oh, we, sure, you can. We can't, John, we can't get it right, no matter how hard we try. I mean, show up with some white chocolate and some bacon, <laughs> and all sins are forgiven. Dozen roses. <laughs> Maybe some wine. Yeah. Was that W-H-I-N-E or wine? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? Down in Australia, they know what's a matter with uh, the political scene here. Here's uh, Andrew Bolt, who's an opinion guy on Sky News. America faces a real crisis of leadership. There's President Joe Biden, his own appointed special counsel, said last week he was too forgetful now to face even trial for illegally storing top secret documents in his garage. But then the You're person right. supposed to fill in for him if he's incapable is his nitwit vice president, Kamala Harris, who's just put up her hand again to say, oh, yes, I'm ready to take over from Joe Biden, when everyone knows she's just a cackling lightweight. <laughs> wow. Now that's that's a guy on Sky News, an Aussie for crying out loud. I mean, the DNC has to be looking at this calamity that they have. I mean, they have to be looking at this and going, "What in the world do we do now?" And you know, it's fascinating to me that, and it shouldn't be, I guess, but you know, that everyone around the globe knows exactly what's going on our pol in our politics and has very strong opinions. And this is just one example. And, you know, and they, you know, between those and, and folks in the UK, they don't really mince their words about how they, how they feel about it. And Aussies don't either. But it, I mean, it affects them, especially when, you know, and we talk about our everyday lives and our everyday lives are really impacted by, I think, our local elected officials more than anything. But where the president has a lot of influence, where it really matters is internationally. And as, you know, the leader of the free world, 
we can really mess that up. Yeah. And I think other people who have been our allies, who have relied on the United States for either funding or for global stability, have serious concerns about where we are right now yeah. as a country. Well, I mean, the one thing you can say about Donald Trump is I think he kept other leaders on their toes. I mean, that that unpredictability, which can be so annoying on the one hand, can be very effective on the other. Yeah. The only thing that's like scarier than a crazy guy is an equally crazy guy. And, you know, and and that's kind of, you know, you 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 could see him pushing the button like, you you know, you could see him getting mad enough to where he would do something crazy. And there are a lot of other crazy people out there. And so when you get in a battle of like who's and, you know, I'm saying crazy in a in a good way. And I think it was and I think it was good for us. I think it was good for us that we kept everyone else on their toes and they didn't quite know, uh, you know, what we're going to do. And, you know, that if somebody tried to fly, you know, a Chinese spy balloon over our country, we would have, you know, it would have never made it to Missouri. Um, I don't believe under President Trump, no. and I would love to see them try that again once Trump gets reelected. Get the dart gun out. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> call up some someone from Brazil with their little, you know, yeah. <laughs> blow it off. But to be in a place where you know foreign countries are just experimenting because they they know we're not going yeah. to react, and even if we do, we're going to react so late that Push they're the already, already going to have all the information that they want. Yeah. Um, it, it's that's a terrifying place to be, and so I hope yeah. I hope we can make a change in November. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough time in uh, in politics in D.C. because you just don't have confidence that the leadership. Well, look at what's going on. Even the messaging center, KJP, has now been gradually replaced in some of these pivotal moments. Have you seen that? They're bringing out, you know, delegate, you know, designees. Uh, John Kirby's been elevated now, national security advisor position or counselor. Things are changing there. They realize they have problems. I don't know if they can scramble. But you know what? They have that abortion issue on that side. That showed in that New York special election for Santos. Really did. John, what's up your sleeve for your segment coming up? Well, all things considered, how about some epic Valentine fails? Ooh, (laughs) I can't wait. More coming up on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There ain't no hurry. We got plenty of days left under the sun. No, it ain't a one-day ride up through the mountains where the coyotes cry Down through the canyon where the wild things hide This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri Freedom of speech, practiced here daily And perfected on the podcast This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri Except for this. Ah, yes, Valentine's Day, a time for our heartfelt gifts, the ever-elusive date night and romance. Except, of course, when it's not quite there. How about some of the worst possible Valentine uh, fails? This guy says, I asked my significant other what she wanted one year, and she said one of those H2O steamer mops. Cost me a hundred bucks and got her flowers, chocolates, and a date night on top of it. But of course, now whenever she tells the story, it's about the time I got her the mop for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Let's see. Girl, I started dating a couple months before Valentine's Day had just gotten out of a long-term relationship with her sweetheart. I didn't know she was still in contact with him while we were dating, so... 
She handed me a cute little bag with candy and a card. I opened it and read her pouring out her soul to her ex-boyfriend about how much she still thinks about him Ooh, and loves him. Ouch. Evidently, she mixed up the gift bags. Ooh. And this guy says, I saved a potato in the freezer that was in the perfect shape of a heart. I put it in there in June, saved for February 14th, got it out a couple days before to thaw it out to give to my wife. It turned black and started <laughs> leaking smelly juices out in front of her. <laughs> In theory, it was cute. In practice, he said, Ugh. more like a death threat. Now Ugh. you know the the rest of that oh, heart-shaped yeah. story. The I can only- say definitively, I would not want a rotten potato for a No, the old say. potato trick. He only had <laughs> eyes for her. There you go. Ugh. That was unappealing. Then. <laughs> Maybe but he's I, a spud muffin. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as offended by the, the mop. If she asked for the mop and she wanted... I'm like a practical... like. You know, being and she did and did get the flowers, chocolates, and a date night to boot. Yeah, being I mean, a budget conscious person <laughs> my whole life, I I I appreciate a practical gift. And I've said on this program before, I think one of the best Valentine's and Mother's Day gifts you could give is a car detail. I really think mm, I love I love a clean car. You know, I did, think. Did you just say budget conscious? <laughs> yes. Tight. You want to go back and play that after I spent. Like was it? A, did it add up to a thousand dollars getting ready for the date? Yeah. Uh, tape. You want to go back and replay that? I didn't do that in my younger years, but I was also younger. But <laughs> I'm costs you. more these days. It's but, priorities. But yeah. I think. I mean, I I appreciate. I don't know that you have yeah. to do like chocolates and everything yeah. else. You can, but you know, I I think a practical gift is okay. What but, woman doesn't like getting flowers at work though? Mm. I always struggle to saw you, that happen down the hall here moments oh, ago. Yeah. Oh. Because then, then all the coworkers get to be jealous, and it sits on your desk, oh, and yeah. it's like a ooh, is look what Brandon I mean. listening? Does, to no, the he's program? not. Does that turn into a Mean Girls thing? Then no, yeah. I always were. I'm like, how do I get these things home? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, like for the weekend, it's like it'd be nice if they were at my house to like. See, when I took floral them. design in college, I took two semesters of it. Your poor parents who had to pay for these classes. Wow, talk about, and, talk about your electives. Huh? Yeah, wine hey, appreciation. It, was, it and, was a plant science credit, thank oh you very much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I needed it to break. graduate. Give me a break. But yeah. I got real Check good. Check in the botany box. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And we know you don't have to have any test scores to take uh, floral design at Mizzou now, right? No ACT, no SAT. Go ahead. For another school year, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went into the big box store where you have to be a member you know yes and I, well i was i went in for another reason but they had this it was a huge display as you walk in you cannot miss it right on the right side of you know as you're walking in and a huge display of just bunches of flowers with stems raw stems i'm talking a dozen roses for like 17 dollars. so i catch this guy buying six or seven of these bouquets and i'm thinking no, I didn't. I mean, I just saw he hit four or five of them. I don't know. But I'm thinking, you know, for a, for one brief minute, it crossed my mind. Well, if I could get some baby's butt or baby's breath, what's it called? Baby's breath. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a couple of things. And if I had a vase, I could probably put something together. But, She's going to know. Uh, but she will I, know. I, and I wouldn't do that because it wouldn't look professionally done. But wh- how do you give that? Do you just give a dozen roses in a little cellophane wrapper? In a- well, if you're like that guy and apparently have six or seven girlfriends that you need to buy for, then you got a bargain. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, you can take grocery store bouquets and put a couple of them together in a vase, and they look really nice. May you have, can. It may have been... Uh, 
may have been his wife and daughters. Let's, he may have been be working charitable. in a funeral home. See, yeah, he's cynical, cynical gals here. I don't know. <laughs> All right, more coming up on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Don't miss it.